Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 22 of the Australian Hiker podcast. Today's episode is titled The Overland Track, Interviews from the Trail. The following interviews were recorded on our February 2017 Overland Track Hike, and we talked to a series of hikers hikers over the duration of that trip just to get their impressions and their views on how they found the trail. We hope you enjoy. Okay, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we've all finished hiking for the day, so I just thought I'd talk to some of the other hikers that are here at the moment. So we're in the hut, and I'm talking to... Annalise. And how old are you, Annalise? I'm 22 years old. Okay, and where are you from? Northern New South Wales. Okay, and why, why have you decided to do the uh, overland track? Um, it's something I've always wanted to do. All right, and you're doing it with uh, friends, by the look of it. Um, yeah, two family friends. Okay, and how did you how did you end up deciding to do it now as opposed to any other time? Because uh, my friends had it already planned and invited me along. Okay. Yeah. Managed to get time off work, okay? Um, I work at home, so okay. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and um, how have you found the trip so far? This is your second day in? Yep, second day in. Um, it's a bit challenging, but I've certainly enjoyed every part of it. It's painful, but <laughs> yeah, I have definitely enjoyed it. And what's, what's been your favourite? Well, it's only been the second day, but what's been your, your favourite part of the trip so Ooh, far? Um, oh, I've enjoyed all of it. Probably today was my favourite. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, is there anything? Um, are you a, are you a regular hiker or? Um, I wouldn't say regular, but I do enjoy it when I can. Okay. I do like mountain climbing, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, and how and how have you found found this from a, a difficulty point of view compared to the other stuff that you've done? Yeah, it's pretty difficult because of the distance, I think, and just all the different terrain and sort of things. So yeah. this, is, this has been the biggest trip you've done, is it? Yeah, yeah, the longest, yeah, okay. yeah. And did you, did you have all the, your own gear, all the, all the gear you needed before you came, or did you need to purchase some or um, borrow some? Or Most of it I've had, and just a few little things I've just chucked in, so okay. I had to go and buy. And has there been anything you wished you had bought that you didn't um i wish i had brought thongs <laughs> because i thought i'd just wear my hiking shoes everywhere it wouldn't bother me but yeah thongs would have been handy <laughs> i must admit i um this is probably one of the few trips that i've actually bought thongs normally i just wear the hiking shoes yeah it's been fine oh, okay yeah <laughs> i was thinking probably more because it was likely to get so muddy i needed a, a change of shoes yeah yeah um, yeah Okay. Um, and is there anything that you brought that you wished you hadn't have brought? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure there will be something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and do you, know, do you know how much your pack weighs? Um, it was 17 kilos, but I pulled out a few things and now it's down to about 14. Okay. You carry yeah. much water with you at all? Or? Um, no, I've just got one water bottle and it has a filter. So I just collect water on, along the way. So okay. yeah. All right, that's good. Thank you for that. That's okay. 
Okay, now I'm here with um, Connor, who's part of the, uh, the same group as uh, Annalise, who we just heard from. Uh, if you'd like to tell us a bit about yourself, Connor. Uh, so I'm 20 years old and I'm living in Melbourne at the moment, studying um, science and engineering and all that. Uh, originally I'm from northern New South Wales, the same as Anna. Um, like my family, we have a farm up there, beef, cattle, horses, all that sort of thing. All right. And um, have you always wanted to do the, uh, the Overland Track? I only found out about it about a year and a half ago, but after seeing all the pictures online and reading all the accounts, it seemed like a very attractive notion. All right. And are you, are you a keen hiker or you do much hiking? Um, not a great deal. Like, don't generally have that much time to... Like, when, up in, when I'm up in New South Wales generally too busy working on the farm and down in Victoria I'm too busy studying so I only get to do it occasionally. Okay and how have you, you're only the second day in but how have you found it's the trip so far? Um, it's, it hasn't been that as difficult as I thought it would be. There were a few sections on the first day where it was just painful with long uphill bits but generally it's been pretty easy. Like the boardwalks make it so much more pleasant. Yeah, no, they, they certainly do that. It's most of the most of the track's pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah, you you had all your own gear before you started the trip. Uh, mostly, uh, there were a few things like a gas stove that we had to buy, but like we already had the boots and the bags and the tents and all that. All right, so, mo- so most of your most of your your hiking's been more day hiking in the past. Yeah, like. Um, the area we live in, New South Wales, like it has a lot of national parks up there and we just go for a day hike up one of the mountains. Yeah, no, it's, mm. I must admit I'm the same. I think a lot of my hiking tends to be more day hiking and it's mm. just the, trying to get the overnight and the longer trips thrown in. Mm. Um, now, as far as gear is concerned, is there anything that you brought that you shouldn't have bought? Um, I probably could have done with a few less clothing, clothes. Um, generally just like, could have done with a few less kilos in general. And how, mu- how much, um, do you know how much you packed as way? Or? Uh, it was 14 kilos on the first day, but a few kilos of food's been eaten since then. So oh, 14, 14 kilos is mm. pretty good, so particularly for, for a trip where you've got to carry your, all your own food for sort of five to seven days. Mm. And is there anything you wish you, you had a bought with you? Uh, at the moment, mosquito repellent. <laughs> yeah, that's... No, uh, 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 I made that comment before that it's there's a lot of mosquitoes mm. around. I think it's going to be really bad at night time. Um, how um, how you found the, um, the, the the living sleeping in the huts? I mean, this is only going to be the second night. But how did you find last night with the hut? Uh, it was actually really good. Like when I I didn't picture the huts as being quite as good as they are. Like I thought they'd be very small and cramped and not that high tech. But, like, we have heaters and metal benches and all that. And there's a lot of sleeping space. So okay. it's quite nice. And in relation to food, is um, how did you go with packing food? Do you think you bought enough, too much, or the, the wrong sort of food? Or uh, Considering we just had two-minute noodles for lunch, I'd say the wrong type of food. Um, I would have preferred more um, sort of the basic sort of potato, like dead potato sort of thing. Yeah. 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 All right, that's good. Thanks very much for that. No worries. All right, those previous two interviews were conducted on day two. And uh, I must admit, it's um, it, it's always good to see that uh, Connor was there with his uh, his mum, so young adult, uh, with his mother hiking the trail, and uh, Annalise as a family friend had gone through and joined them. 
So um, and that, that tended to be a bit of a pattern. So a number of the other interviews you're going to hear in today's uh, episodes uh, will be families hiking together. Uh, and it's, it's good to see that uh, you know, hiking, uh, not just as young children, but sort of young adults uh, and their parents are still continue to hike. And uh, in the case of one of the episodes, uh, slightly older adults as well. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Um, you know, sometimes people think that their kids get to a certain age and they don't want to be seen in public with them again. Um, but it's nice to see people in their teenage years and early adult years uh, who are still pretty happy to see with mum or dad or both. Uh, and you know, it's a nice uh, way of. Uh, bonding together and uh, supporting each other and uh, certainly um, that group was you know a very happy and connected group and you could tell that when you were watching them uh, you know prepare and unpack and repack and so on so um, and you know there was a bit of a moment where Annalise did hurt her leg as well uh, and so that was a bit of a challenge on the group, but they continued on and we saw uh, through the logs and so on uh, that they'd uh, moved on and made their way to the end of the, the trail. Okay, we're recording now. Okay. All right. Um, it's two, uh, 3.37 on uh, 6th of February. Uh, we're here at Windermere uh, just having a bit of a relax and... I've just done an interview which I was discovered that I didn't press the record <laughs> button on. So I'm going to try again. So well so, rehearsed. <laughs> it was so well again, yeah. I must admit, that's the first time I've done this in about five months. So it's, it's always always good to know that it, uh, it does happen. Okay, so I'll get you to introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, and uh, we'll go from there. Hi, I'm Millie. I'm 24 and I'm from Sydney. Okay. And you're hiking with your mum? I am. She's from Melbourne. Okay. And uh, what made you decide to, to hike the Overland Track? Well, I think Marin always wanted to do it, but my brother did it when he was 18 as part of his schoolies trip. And we decided then that we'd do it together. And that was in about 2008. So we've finally got around to it now. Okay. And um, so who, who did most of the planning for the trip? Was it a, a shared thing or a... Uh, I think we shared it, although Marin probably brought more things with her and paid for more of it, like I said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now, it's only been, we've only been two days, so how have you found the trip so far? It's been really good. I was a bit worried about my fitness levels. Um, the first day looked pretty strenuous on the map and everyone said it would be the hardest, but ended up being not too bad, actually. And, yeah, it's been beautiful. I think that's it. I mean, certainly the first day is the hardest. It's, it's, it's the biggest change in altitude, at least, anyway. Yeah. So, and particularly if you're, you're, you're looking, at doing, uh, looking at doing uh, Cradle Mountain as well, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a steep ascent as well as a descent. Well, yeah, I did consider doing it, but Marin didn't want to, and I didn't want to really do do it alone in the in the fog. No, I think I think so, yeah. I think it's not a bad thing either. It's sort of uh, we sort of went part way up and decided it's going to be zero visibility up the top, and yeah. it's a sort of sort of ascent, slippery. Yeah, ascent and descent. You don't want to be doing where you can't see where you're going. Exactly. So, so yeah. Good move. Um, so, did you have all your own gear when you went through and uh, decided to do this, or? Absolutely not. I did not. I borrowed it all of my housemates. I've just got a random assemblage of 
things in there, but Maren brought quite a lot with me. She had all her own stuff, and I had a few things. I had shoes, so I didn't have to wear in any shoes or anything like that. Yeah. It's not too bad. I mean, it's not too bad if, you can, if you're hiking on a regular basis and you've already got it, but you know, sometimes mm. if you can borrow, it works pretty well if the gear fits and it, yeah. it does the right job. Um, how did you go in relation to food? Did you pack enough or not enough, or how was the variety? I think so far enough, but it's early days. And, um, yeah, not enough scroggin'. Made really good scroggin', and I wish I had more. Although it is very heavy, so yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> Mostly well. we uh, we we still uh, still learning on the multi-day trips. We um, mm. we sort of trimmed our food down this year, and so far it's been pretty good. We've uh, not too we, hungry. No, 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 we're not too hungry, and we 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 don't have heaps left over like we tend to. So yeah, we have um, an excess of muesli bars, I think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I think, and when food's probably one of the biggest biggest weight factors in your pack. Yeah. Uh, actually, on that, do you know how much your pack does weigh, or any idea? I'm not 100% sure since Marin brought a lot of my gear up for me, but I think I'd estimate it's about 16 kilos or so. That's not too bad. It's not um, too bad. And I'm very small, for the record, <laughs> so that's heavy for me. Yeah, it's always um, it's always a hard thing. Do you, you know, how did you go on clothes? Did you bring too many clothes or not enough clothes, do you think? Or? Not enough T-shirts, but enough warm things overall, I think. Yeah. And a good yeah. amount of accessories. Yeah. Um, now, in relation to gear, is uh, is there any piece of gear you bought where you think, oh, it's a total waste of time, I really don't need to be carrying this? I mean, I did bring some bathers, but I did go for a swim earlier. That's no, not too bad. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe what, too many skivvies. What about, is there any piece of gear so far that you think you, you absolutely couldn't do without? Um, couldn't, not couldn't do without, but I have, I found in my share house, abandoned. It's like, it's called a buff. Yep. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah, really no, good. It's like a tube. They'll know. They'll know. Buff, buff's a good value. I think uh, mm -hmm. I normally bring two. I only bought one. It's oh, one yeah. this trip, and we could have preferred the uh, have the second one available as well. I have the merino one, and yeah. it was just abandoned, so it's mine now. Yeah, yeah. No, they, uh, they're, they're, they're definitely a good gear. piece of gear. Yep. So I'm keen on that. All right. And uh, has the has the trail lived up to your expectation, and from what you'd heard about it? Yes, it's been beautiful. Even yesterday, when it was raining and a bit foggy, still completely amazing. So yes, it has so far, but it's early days, like I said. It is, <laughs> it is. All right, thanks very much. Thank you. Okay, this was a uh, another another couple that were hiking, the mother and daughter. So it's uh, again, it was very much as I mentioned, a very common theme on this trail. Um, Millie mentioned her brother uh, had done the trip a number of years before, and when I talked to them a bit further on in detail about how he'd gone. He said they were really surprised that you know, he'd pretty much done everything wrong. You know, he was wearing jeans, which is not particularly the best thing to go hiking in. Uh, army boots. Um, he'd uh, he'd packed everything just on the, on the spur of the moment, and the trip was put together very quickly. But he had a brilliant trip. Uh, everything went well. So it's um, sometimes planning is important and probably uh, it, you know, the time it is important is when things go wrong but if nothing goes wrong it's not so critical yeah look Millie and her mum and they obviously got on really well um, they were absolute joy to to be around and uh, they were uh, very happy to be walking on the trail uh, by themselves 
and uh, very supportive of each other. Uh, so it was one of the highlights of the trip for us to, you know, in when the odd occasion we did connect up to be able to have a conversation with them and and uh, learn about, uh, you know, their life and, uh, you know, what they were doing and, uh, you know, what brought them to the overland track in the first place. Okay, it's the end of day three. We're at New Pelian Hut. Uh, everyone's had dinner and we're just sitting here just watching the, the sun sort of disappear. So it's going to be dark fairly soon. And I've just had a hiker that's uh, willing to talk to me. So I'll just go to... I've roped her in actually, but um, I'll just get her to introduce herself and I'll, I'll go through and ask her a few questions about how the trip's going. Um, hi, I'm Jenny and um, I live in Merton, which is north-central Victoria. And, um, yeah, I'm 66 and I've decided to come on this trip because I've always wanted to do the overland and um, my husband doesn't, he's not a walker and he wouldn't let me do it by myself. So my son, who's 38 in three weeks' time, decided he'd come with me, which is really nice of him. And um, we got here on the Saturday to... uh, Lake St. Clair, uh, Lake um, Dove Lake, and um, it was the most glorious day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, and the last time I was here, it was two weeks later, so it was more into summer, and it was sleeting. So I thought I've got to come back and see Cradle Mountain. But we were so tired from travelling that day that we chose not to walk, and so the next day we started the overland track. And when we went to walk up. Um, Cradle Mountain, it was a bit raining and then when we got three quarters of the way up the cloud came in and I got a bit disorientated and just thought I can't keep going so my son decided to keep going and after about 40 minutes I was like, oh my god where is he? (laughs) And then I saw him coming down but he actually got to the top but he took a little bit of a wrong turn because he lost a pole and he said he's never had such an adrenaline rush in his life <laughs> so I think that was a bit of a highlight I must admit we uh, we decided not to go up because of that and we, we, we were a bit, bit bit further behind you and by the time we'd got there it was uh, it was actually a total white out on the top so yeah. there's, there's no way we were going to go up yeah. so anyway he went up said it was amazing had a bit of a clear view for like two seconds and then he came down and then we went to waterfall um hut which was great and the waterfall was beautiful the hut was beautiful and today's been a little bit wet and boggy and i'm over dead tree roots and mud and logs (laughs) i'm like really anyway so we got to new pallian hut um that's where we're sitting now on this amazing veranda looking out over mount oakley and it's the most divine place and um it's just been glorious just the quiet and the peace and the little wallabies and the little baby echidnas and it's just beautiful so what's what's been the highlight of the trip it's only been been early but what's been the highlight of the trip so far i think 
um, the highlight for me was actually climbing up Marion's Peak with a 17-kilo pack because when I came the year before, I climbed up and I only had a day pack and I thought, there is no way I will be able to come up here. So that was a bit of a highlight, getting up there. That was a bit of a one-off. And then um, swimming in Lake Windermere was just beautiful. So there but it's all just beautiful just the the way that the countryside changes from the button grass to the alpine trees to the the big old i think they're beech trees but i'm not sure i'd have to get tim i think i think think that that sounds about right there's a lot of beaches down here yeah so yeah so it's just it's all been oh well the highlight was tonight we made a good call we put the tent up on the grass because we thought oh we'll sleep on the grass because it'll be softer than the the huts are amazing softer and we put the tent up and just as we were standing back admiring our work two leeches were crawling up the zip to get into the (laughs) tent so we promptly pulled it down and now we're in the hut <laughs> how, how have you actually found the hut so many of you um, have, you, have you done have you done hut camping before or? no i'm only up um uh, victoria in the in the high country you know just the lovick's hut and a few of those old huts um but they're not nearly as grand as the ones on the overland they're pretty much bush huts so that's why i usually sleep in a swag outside with a with a lean-to when I when I go up the bush in Victoria, but here they're they're amazing, fantastic. Um, and how, uh, with as far as the planning was concerned, was it a, a joint planning process, or did you do a lot of the planning, or your son, or Rodney did a little bit of planning, and then I did the planning for the food, and then he was supposed to help me the last ten days, and he was told by work he had to go to America for ten days, and he got back the day before we came here, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did the planning, but it was a bit of a joint thing um, before uh, he went away. But I booked the Overland online, which was pretty easy. And, um, yeah, we're going to go to Hobart for um, two nights on the way back and fly out on the Sunday. And uh, I couldn't find a room because the lady at the Tasmanian Tourist Bureau went... Oh, no, I think you'll find there's no accommodation in Hobart because it's the Wooden Boat Festival. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, we, I think I was, I was just saying to you earlier on today, we had the same problem. We we did manage to get accommodation, but we, we struggled. It was like we knew there was something on, but we didn't yeah. know what. So. But yeah, so it's been absolutely mind-blowing. The first day was just the worst for weather because, you know, we couldn't enjoy um, Cradle Mountain because of the whiteout and the rain. But every other day has just been beautiful. The weather's just been glorious. So you're saying your, your pack when you first you started on the first day was about 17 kilos. Have you, have you jettisoned any gear? Or, I mean, uh, yeah, because when I packed, I had three thermals and a couple of T-shirts and two um, fleece tops. Um, and so I jettisoned one fleece top, one thermal, one T-shirt. I had an extra pair of shorts and they went as well. Um, my son doesn't like sleeping on sleeping mats, so he bought this um, $9 plastic lilo from a $2 shop and that got jettisoned and half his clothes got jettisoned as well. And uh, we figured we'd just keep as much food as we could because we wanted to 
eat well, yeah. basically. Oh. We could do without clothes. We could just remain very smelly in the same clothes, which has been fine. I think the other thing as well, I mean, you know, if you're carrying a lot of food, you'll, you'll always eat it and the pack gets lighter every day. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's been fine and, and it's interesting. You, you walk along for about an hour and you go, oh, my gosh, the pack's heavy. And then your body becomes one with it and you go, oh, OK, this is all right. That's fine. I must admit, I, you know, I, try, I try and get the weight down as far as possible, and then I do, I do, do go thin on the clothes. Yes. Just cope with things. Yeah. Well, you give yourself as best a clean as you can on every yeah. day and, and just cope with it. My husband was like saying, You've got to take um, a, a, a proper puncho raincoat and some waterproof over trousers and uh, he made me pack them and they got thrown out even before I left <laughs> Victoria. I had a pair of old skins that are just really tight on my body over my um, long walking pants that turn into shorts and that's what I've got. Yeah. <laughs> and some good boots. You really need some good boots. Unless you're a trail runner like about three, two amazing girls in the hut and came in yesterday too to Windermere and um, they've got um, trail, marathon trail shoes, I yep, think. Yep. And they're just amazing. <laughs> I must admit, I mean, they're the sort of shoes I tend to normally hike with, but I, I just knowing potentially how much rain we were going to get yeah. and how muddy it was going to be, I thought I'll, I'll opt for the boots. But yeah, it's, it's very muddy. Yeah, and I, well, I think we've, we've actually been fairly dry, so if we had have had a fairly decent sort of rain, yeah. the, the mud will actually increase. Yeah. So has there, there been anything you didn't bring that you wish you, you, you would have, you should have brought? Um, maybe if I come again, I'll try and get a better sleeping mat that's just a little bit wider because the first night I put it out and I woke up and I knew that the bunks were hard because they're wooden, which is fine. And then I thought, oh, all the air's gone out of my sleeping mat. And I thought, oh, no, and I was sleeping on the boards. I must have been laying there for like two hours and I hadn't um, the air hadn't gone out of my sleeping mat I just rolled off it because it's a bit narrow so I think I'd get a better sleeping mat yeah no. one with a little one a little bit wider I think that's it I uh, I must admit I, I'm, I'm a reasonably reasonably large sort of guy and um, I didn't go there there is a, a wider version than what I've got mm. but I can I can generally I really do notice because I've got such a thick sleeping mat when I do come yeah. off it so all right. Um, so, when would you would you recommend to people that they, you know, if they haven't done the trip, that they that they, they should do it? Oh, absolutely! It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would recommend it. And um, yeah, I think it's lovely. And what 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 made you pick February? Was there any particular choice of the date at all, or? Um, that was my son's picking because he's going, it's not going to rain in February. It's going to be the hottest month of the year. And I said to him, well, you know, Rodney, it can snow any day and any month of the year in Tasmania. It can even snow down to the beach in February. I said, so So that was the reason because basically he wanted it the hottest, driest month. I must admit, we, we, we did that for the same reason. Even though you can still get snow in February, it's it's less likely. So, yeah, so that was um, the reason why. And I think also it's uh, um, not that it's a real issue, but there's it's more adults on the trail rather than school kids. So yeah. Fe- February's a good month for that. Yeah, so that's why. All right. Well, thank, thank, you. thank you very much for that. Pleasure. Uh, Jenny and and Rodney were great company on the trail and it was just fantastic to see uh, mother and son getting on so well. Um, Jenny mentioned the the climb that they did up 
uh, to the Cradle Mountain Peak and that uh, Rodney continued on and uh, he did get uh, caught up in the whiteout and uh, lost lost his way and he openly admits that and said that he couldn't see uh, from one guidepost to the next and had a little bit of a moment uh, to refind or retrace his steps uh, on the way down. Uh, it probably was worth it because he did get a glimpse of a good view uh, when he did get up there but the uh, the adrenaline adrenaline rush that uh, Jenny refers to when uh, he was up there and couldn't quite find his way was probably a bit of a concern to uh, both Jenny and Rodney uh, when Jenny obviously realized yeah it's 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 again it's one of those sort of things that even though we'd, we'd planned on going up to Cradle Mountain uh, we certainly wanted to uh, we um, by the time we got there and, and it was becoming very very plain to, uh, to us we were behind uh, Jenny and Rodney at that stage that uh, the conditions were, were deteriorating and from a safety aspect you know, we wouldn't have seen anything and it wouldn't have been particularly safe and Rodney did actually say that uh, he went off trail and it was only because he thought right this is not right and turned around and came back and found it um, if you look at the top of Cradle Mountain, if you go the wrong direction and keep on going, you run the risk of basically falling off. So it's um, you know, he made the right decision, stop, turn around, work out where he'd last, sure of where he was and, and found the trail back again. Uh, but it'd be so easy and you know, if the whiteout had continued all the way down the hill to where we were, uh, and it was almost uh, right the way down, that he would have lost, lost your, your way altogether. And it was interesting that people would, uh, we were just, you know, sitting probably two-thirds of the way up uh, enjoying what we could see. And uh, there were a number of hikers that even when we, you know, they were passing us and we said that we decided not to go up, um, they just decided to keep going. So uh, really interesting decisions people make and and, uh, the processes that they go through. I don't think we're overly cautious uh, I'm pretty happy with the decision that we did make and in other circumstances we've probably you know pushed things to the limit uh, unfortunately without any um, uh, circumstances arising so you know we did think it through uh, it's always interesting when uh, you do see people that perhaps don't necessarily put as much thought into it or if they do they decide something that's opposite to what you've decided so um, all ended up well but uh, yeah could could have happened or could have ended up quite differently okay now Jenny mentioned a number of other things as well the first one was the wooden boat festival we didn't realize when we went through and booked the trip uh, that this festival was on it's on every year on the long weekend uh, first first weekend in February and uh, we, we wondered why accommodation seemed to be hard to get. We did find some, but it was a lot more difficult than we would have expected. Um, so coming from a different part of Australia, you, you know, they've obviously got local state holidays you tend not to think about, and we just didn't realise what was going on. But uh, I think everyone managed to find their, their way eventually. Jenny also mentioned um, bringing too many clothes and the fact that they jettisoned a lot to start with. Um, and I think it's it's one of those sort of things, the more you hike, the more experienced you are, the more you realize what level of equipment that you go through and need. So again, planning for the worst conditions, uh, making sure you've got uh, whatever equipment you need for the worst that can possibly occur is fine. 
um, but you don't need to overplan for that. So really for us, uh, I always tend to work on, uh, I plan for in most conditions that I've got enough warm gear to cover us down to about minus seven degrees Celsius. Um, and uh, uh, we might never actually need it, but because we layer, we use bits and pieces of it, uh, of that layering system. Uh, and it's it's nothing to, we've gotten to a stage where we, we've refined it enough now. We don't tend to have to think about the equipment that we need on these sort of trips. Yeah, I think people get a bit confused about uh, equipment and uh, what they need versus um, uh, I, I guess how you live normally in a Western lifestyle. And we generally have at least one full change of clothing um, a day. Uh, we don't put on dirty clothes again, generally. Um, and when you're out walking, uh, you need to be thinking about and being prepared to do that. Um, and uh, as Jenny said, it's okay because everybody smells the same way. Um, so there is a difference between multiple sets of the same thing versus being prepared for a whole range of different uh, conditions. And we'll talk a bit about that another time when we talk about what we put in our pack, particularly in terms of uh, clothing. Okay. Jenny also mentioned footwear. Um, For me, I tend to prefer to wear trail runners or hiking shoes. That's my footwear of choice. For this trip, I opted for leather hiking boots. Uh, and which was not something I'd done for quite a while. Um, I'd, you know, I'd shifted over to, to trail runners uh, about 12 to 15 months ago. Uh, but I just decided I was, I was expecting very wet, very muddy conditions. Uh, and my preference was to have dry, warm feet and have good, good stable footwear as well. Now, I don't know if I necessarily needed to have the leather boots. And given that we didn't have as much rain as we were expecting, I could have got away with trail runners. But I didn't want to have wet, soggy feet for for seven or eight days. But that's really a personal preference. Uh, What you wear, as long as they're stable, as long as they're comfortable and they do what you need, um, really it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, And, you know, given uh, some of the posts that I've uh, made uh, on Australian Hiker, um, my, my feet are pretty important to me, so I do focus on the type of terrain and uh, the weather conditions and um, what's going to make my feet most comfortable. Um, and, you know, the the two uh, females that Jenny did talk about, they were moving pretty fast um, and, you know, that was, that was their point. So they weren't uh, planning to do the hike over six or seven days. They were trying to do it in a faster, so moving faster, carrying less gear, um, I guess that makes sense, um, but certainly that suited what they were doing as opposed to what others were doing. And that's what it comes down to. Basically, hike your own hike. Uh, do what, uh, what what works for you. Now, the last thing I'll, I'll mention was uh, Ginny that uh, discussed the fact she was 66 and travelling with her 38-year-old son. Um, and again, another family group travelling together, which was good to see. Um, and an older older family as well, so not just uh, young adult children, sort of... Uh, uh, you know, middle-aged adult children, um, uh, and again, they they were travelling a bit slower than most other people, uh, so they'd often leave a bit earlier in the, uh, in the day than most, and they'd get in a bit later. But they were travelling at the pace that suited them, and they were having a good time. Uh, so again, good to see people of all ages getting out on the track. Yeah, it was, and and what was also good to see was that um, they they did get all 
on well. Um, there was a bit of banter um, and a, a little bit of uh, picking on each other. I'm sure it was, you know, good good humoured and uh, certainly entertaining for us. Um, but uh, but quite clearly, there's a close relationship there. And uh, again, you know, that's that's the sort of benefit and. Uh, that you don't expect to see when you're on the trail and uh, when you bump into people and start to hear about who they are and what they're doing. Okay, that was the last of the interviews that we recorded on the Overland track itself. The next interview is with two female hikers we came across in Pine Valley. So Pine Valley is officially off the Overland track. It's a side trail. And these two hikers had actually come in from... The, the lakes and Clare end, uh, just for a couple of days hiking. Uh, and uh, as I said, in the uh, the last write-up and, the, and then the written write-up, for me, Pine Valley was certainly my favourite part of the whole trip, and it's something that I will go back and do again. Uh, it really is a photographer's paradise in there, particularly if you're into macro photography. So uh, this next uh, next tr- uh, a couple of uh, people we'll talk to, as I said, not... I won't say day hikers, but they were short-term hikers that had come in not to do the overland track. All right, um, just here inside um, Narcissa's hut, and I'm just going to talk to two hikers that have come through, um, who are just doing, have come through from the um, uh, the lake. Lakes and Clare, sorry, who have come through from the Lakes and Clare end and they're only, only hiking for a couple of days. They're not actually doing the whole trip. So I thought it would be interesting to have a chat to them uh, and see what their perspective is. So I'll, I'll interview them one at a time and get uh, and ask them a few questions and see how we go. Okay, so you are? I'm Janie. I'm Jane? 30. I live in Hobart, but I'm from New South Wales. Okay. And why, why are you doing uh, this hike that you're doing at the moment? Because it's the most convenient with the time that we have. <laughs> but it's also amazing. It's good to go out and see the Acropolis, which is just off Pine Valley. Um, it's a detour off the main overland track. So it's great to get up there and see what's called the Duquesne Range. And coming in from the bottom means that you don't have to spend five days walking down. You only spend a couple of hours walking up. <laughs> I must admit, what I've found so far on this trip is that Pine Valley portion of the trip was certainly my favourite part of the trip. Why I mean, is that? Uh, I think the forest, I mean we had forests through it, a few of the other areas but the, the one car leading into Pine Valley was just spectacular. Yeah um, and you get a lot of, see Pine Valley is really really good for the Fagus tree which yeah. is the deciduous tree so you see a lot of those like thick myrtle forests which is great because <laughs> the photographer's Delight, well, I, I must admit, I, um, I, I, I'm carrying a little compact camera at the moment and I, and I would have loved to have bought my, yeah. my SLR and a macro lens yeah. and just spent a couple of days in there. <laughs> so no, I've got some good photos, but I was just you know, having a decent camera and a really decent lens. Yeah, but, but, then, but then you're carrying an extra... My, my, my macro camera is about 1.4 kilos. No, so, you don't need that. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I certainly like... I'm glad... We, we'd always planned on doing Pine Valley and I'm glad oh, we cool. did. I think it would have been... I think we would have missed out if we hadn't done it. Oh, uh, so. I'm glad you did. Did you walk up to Labyrinth? Or? We did walk up. We walked up to the Labyrinth. We didn't go all the way to the top. Uh, we walked up to that first plateau area. Uh, did you swim? Uh, no. In the lake? Uh, oh. I, for me to swim, it's got to be about 30 degrees. So. <laughs> You're not going to get that in Tassie. <laughs> no, no, definitely not going to be. So, so you've, you've, I think you were saying you've parked your car uh, or you've got transport in at the other end at the start we, of the trip? We drove into Cynthia Bay. Yep. To 
to Lake St Clair. So you just parked your car, is there a public car parks down there? Or? Big, big public car parks down there and if you have a parks pass uh, you're covered okay. for, for the walk uh, and there's a walker registration book as well letting people know because in summer you can't actually walk this track, the overland track from south to north you must do it from north to south okay yeah, yeah i suppose i must admit it sort of um it didn't particularly worry me the direction of it for me it was more the time of the year but um i mean you were saying have you actually walked the overland track at all in no, its entirety i've never have you hannah no, no. <laughs> not yet um, and there's something you plan on doing at some stage yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to do it in winter because then it's free. <laughs> but I also like the idea of snowshoeing um, across when it's snowing. I think it would be quite magical through those forests up there. I must admit, we had a, I've got a friend in Canberra who's done the Overland Track about four times. And the last time he came through, I can't remember when, I think it was 2015, he got snowed into one of the huts for two days. Oh, and had to walk magical. Out, and had to walk out in waist-deep snow. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, he was fine. But it was like, well, can't really stay in here. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, snow seems to be an issue potentially for any time of the year. Yeah, apparently it was snowing in January yeah. Yeah. this year. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I believe it can get snow at any month. So, but February is the least likely to get snow. Yeah, so. I think winter's just high... Uh, probability of getting high snow. Yeah. So something you'd like to snowshoe in. <laughs> we noticed when we first started the track, a lot of the marker poles they were very close together and very tall with orange orange yep. bits on the top. So obviously, <laughs> obviously the cater for the snow season. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll go on to the other hiker we've got here now. So you are. My name is Hannah. Yep. I'm 33. Um, I guess I'm living in Hobart right now, but I'm Canadian. <laughs> okay. And you're. So you, how how do you find um, hiking in in Tasmania as opposed to Canada? Um, I, well, Jenny and I actually spent a lot of time talking about this and just how I personally feel like it's a lot more accessible. Like, I don't have to worry about bears. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm from Alberta, so we're, like, close to the Rocky Mountains. And whenever we go camping, hiking, you have to think about, you know, how you're going to um, store your food so bears can't get to it. Um, you know, so there's bear lockers or there's these poles with chains on it that you put your food up and you put it up really high. So it's nice to not have to worry about that. So I mean, she, she hasn't told you about drop bears? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of Free people like to tell me these stories about drop bears, but I think that they're little <laughs> fables <laughs> to scare foreigners. But it's funny because, you know, like a lot of times people from like, other countries will be like, Australia's full of these things are going to kill you. And I mean, I can definitely say that there's like bush that's going to cut you a lot harder than <laughs> than in Canada that I feel anyways but there's no bears so <laughs> I must admit I, um, I do a lot of hiking in, in Canberra with our local parks Namaji National Park and I know a lot of the Americans and the Canadians do what's called, what's called cowboy camping where you're sleeping on just just a tarp and sleeping under the stars and there's no way knowing I would attempt that up there there's too many too many creepy crawlies that are likely to crawl over your face that really don't want to get involved with. <laughs> so but yeah no so it's good so how, how are you actually finding the, uh, the is this the first trip you've done in Tasmania? Um, no, this isn't the first walking trip, but it's definitely the first trip up in the Cradle Mountain area for me. Um, yeah, I'm, great. It's been really such a fun trip. Um, uh, the views today was absolutely amazing. And I think that for me coming to Australia and just coming from, I mean, I guess home, which is the Rocky Mountains, I, I, I remember just arriving and feeling slightly underwhelmed when people talked about the mountain ranges until I came to Tassie. And so I definitely, um, yeah, I, do, I love being in like alpine and mountain kind of um, 
like locations and situations and definitely um, it was definitely all inspiring for me to be in this area today and see the, the top of Acropolis so <laughs> so have you done any have you done any long trips in Australia yet um, no I haven't I'm, I'm wanting to do more bushwalking but to be honest when I first came here I spent most of my time climbing so I'm actually just taking more weekends to do bushwalkings as opposed to just going on climbing trips <laughs> yeah all right that's good and um, and for people who are looking at coming from overseas would you recommend coming to Tasmania to do this sort of hiking absolutely I mean this is I mean I feel like this is what you come to Tasmania for is to see some beautiful things that um, that are you know and to do some of these longer day walks I, I really think that you'd miss out on a lot if you didn't do that like if you came here just I mean to, to go to the city I don't really know what you would do there <laughs> to be honest um, maybe some of the festivals are worth going to but definitely I think like coming to Tassie like doing the longer day walks is definitely something that people need to put, like think about and schedule in <laughs> I was talking to one of the guides from one of the other one of the organized groups the other day and he said he all he ever does is the overland track because that's what he, that's what his job is and it's the same trip over and over again <laughs> and he was saying that, that friends of his say look you know the Acropolis and uh, going to Pine Valley and then the walls of Jerusalem are the two two best areas to, to hike in Tasmania so I must admit I was I was hoping to be able to tack on a uh, an extension to go and do the walls of Jerusalem on this trip but we just couldn't organize the time for it and the road's closed the road's closed the main road to walls anyway okay well yeah. that makes, that makes... <laughs> so no big loss don't <laughs> hurt yourself over it <laughs> All right. Um, any other final comments from either of you before I before we finish up? <laughs> Not at this point, I don't think. <laughs> uh, it would be for foreign or just, I guess, backpackers who are on a budget but want to see something a little bit more wild. Cradle is really well accessible. Um, mm -hmm. It's really easily accessible, I should say. And it's cheaper if you can go from the south side, which is Lake St. Clair, uh, and just spend two or three days going up into Pine Valley and seeing some amazing 360-degree views of our beautiful nature. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that was good to hear from Janie and Hannah. And as I said, they were just doing um, a, a few-day trip uh, just in from Lake St. Clair End, uh, which you're allowed to do, uh, but there's a, there's a point that which you can't go past so it's, um, you can do the overland track uh, uh, from south north uh, during the winter season, uh, but certainly during the, the peak season, which is uh, during the uh, uh, October through to April, May, you've really got to go through and do it in one direction from Cradle Mountain. And that's to stop the trail being, uh, being destroyed by too many people accessing it at the one time. Uh, but as I said, you know, lakes, uh, the Pine Valley uh, component of the walk... For, for us, and particularly for me, I think it was a, a favourite part of the trip and, and it was something I'm looking forward to going back and, and doing at some stage. Yeah, I did enjoy uh, Pine Valley too. Um, uh, Hannah and Janie obviously did as well. Um, I, I do like uh, to see and to chat younger, uh, chat to younger hikers on the trail, um, but because it's interesting how they engage with things and it's interesting to see uh, the things that they find challenging and the things that they find uh, not so challenging. Um, when we got to Pine Valley, the, the hut was absolutely jam-packed. Uh, it was standing room only. Uh, it became sleeping room only. 
Um, and they arrived and uh, thinking outside the box a bit, uh, they asked people in the hut if we were okay uh, with them pitching their tent on the veranda. Um, and it did mean that you had to be careful when you went out in, in the night to uh, gather some water, um, but it wasn't in the way uh, too much and it wasn't too much of a hindrance. But I just loved the you know the the creative thinking and the uh, different perspective they brought to uh, making some decisions and working out where they were going to pitch their tent okay so that's all for today's episode on interviews from the trail Uh, and this is the last of our series of three on the overland track so episode 18 and episode 20, if you, want to, if you haven't listened to those, it'd be worthwhile uh, having a listen to those just to get a bit more of an overview of the track and also to, to read the written article on our website as well. Um, next week's episode, which is the next of our regular fortnightly episode, is on trail etiquette. Um, so we'll talk about things that, uh, will help, that you should and shouldn't do on the trail to make it better for yourself and everybody else as well. Um, as always, this episode is available for download from our website, from iTunes, from Stitcher Radio, and through SoundCloud. If you have the opportunity and you enjoy this episode, please go through and rate us on uh, iTunes. Please also interact with our Facebook page if you want to go through and get some messages through to us and have a, a bit of a chat as well. That's all from us today. I hope you enjoyed. Bye from me. And bye from me.